Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, I don't know what you're supposed to do, how I follow that up when um, I, I was encouraging her right there. Take as much time as she would like, um, trying to be kind, right? All those good things there. Hey, a big thank you, actually, to Dawn and all of you who help um, out back in our children's ministry. You make what we do here so possible. Um, you love on our kids back there. And we are so thankful for so many of you that are involved with children's ministry, loving on our kids that come in the doors here. So thank you. Thank you to Dawn for leading a whole crew of you in doing that. Um, also, a big thanks this morning. Um, I, I like to always say thank you to our band because they always do a great job. And also to our um, people behind the scenes over here that allow our mics to work or could shut me off whenever they want. Hopefully they don't. But a big thanks to them because this morning they actually went back and pulled that video out for me. I was looking for it yesterday and could not find it. Um, but they found that one because I, I wanted to go back and I, I wanted to pull that video back up as we end this Rules of Engagement series. I wanted to play that one again because each one of us, as we come to the end of this idea of Rules of Engagement, that one of the things that we believe um, here at Bridgewater is that, that we believe that the Bible is very practical for everyday living. All right, We think that there is instruction in here that is very practical for the way we live our lives. And this Rules of Engagement series has been us in relationship, helping us with relationships. And, and we shouldn't be surprised with that, right? We, we can all be like Johnny, right? I, I love Johnny. Stop it, Johnny, right? I, I mean, I, I love that little guy. There's nothing better than that, than that little character doing that. Um, that might be our bumper from now on. I, I just like to see that, right? And laugh, laugh with Johnny. But but we can all be that. And we might not be the person right on the door, right? Pounding on the door, coming back and firing out. But uh, we know what pushes certain people's buttons, right? Um, and sometimes we are just really good at pushing them. And rules of engagement has been about you and me. It's about us looking in the mirror at our own lives. Because a lot of times it is so easy. And this is our challenge this morning as well. It's a challenge on a regular basis. It's so easy to look at the person next to me. It's so easy to look at the person down the street from me. It's so easy to look at my kids. It's so easy to look at my parents. It's so easy to look at my siblings, my boss, the person in the cubicle next to me at work, wherever it is, and see the problems that they have. All right, the problems that they bring to the relationship, but it can be so hard to see the problems that we occasionally bring, right? We know that there are broken relationships in the world, all right, and there are broken relationships all around us, and we may even be part of those, but frequently, frequently, we are unable to see that, you know what, I am part of the problem, and, and we need to own that. And part of our series has been about that. So hopefully you have enjoyed the Rules of Engagement series, but as we get to this final week, and this is the final week of the series, I want to just let you know that we have, we have a, a magnet for you in the back. This thing is a big magnet, and it's like that flex seal. I think if you have a boat, I think it'll, if you snap a couple of these on the bottom, <laughs> cut it in half, I, I think this thing might hold them together and you'll still be able to float. Now do I have to offer a public service announcement? I'm joking when I say that. Don't do that to your boat and go out and float. Joel said it would float. I don't know. Try this. Put it on your refrigerator at home. Put it on something at home that will remind you, all right, of the rules of engagement. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to just walk through them again. And, and you see this, very, this first slide that we're going to show this morning is just walking us through the five sections of it. And each of these five sections are on this magnet, which will serve as a reminder for you 
Rule number one, the trophy there, it's not about winning. The piece of the pie here, we need to own our part, right? Over here, we need to apologize. Down here, we need to confront gently, right? That's not the power off button. Maybe it is the power off button for when you think that, oh, I'm going to go get somebody. I need to power down a little bit. Maybe that's the idea for that. Right here, we're offering the olive leaf of forgiveness right there uh, as we do that. So I want to encourage you, make sure you do grab one of these on your way out. And we're just going to walk very quickly through these first four prior to getting to this one that is for today and it's forgiveness. But, uh, but I want to remind you, as we, as we talk about rule number one, right, it's all about, it's not, excuse me, it's all about winning. We spend five weeks trying to tell you it's not about winning, and on the final week, I stand up here and tell you, listen, it's all about winning. Now you know how I do, right? <laughs> I come up here and tell you it's not about winning, when I get home, let me tell you, who's going to win? Me, baby. That's why. No, um, no. Oh, gee whiz. Fire up the brain again. Here we go. All right? It's not about winning. Rule number one, in your life and in my life, when it comes to relationships, if it is about winning, you are going to blow it. If it's about you winning all the time, you are going to blow it. Just like me, ask my wife, they're not here, my kids aren't here this service, they left, so I can say it's all about winning now and be safe. But anyway, it's not about winning in our lives. We need to be careful. We make that priority number one, and suddenly this had wanted to win when he came to earth, all right? He did not need to go to a cross, right? If he had wanted to win, all right, he could have called the 10,000 angels and he could have destroyed everything there. But his purpose was, all right, his purpose was that he had a greater purpose in life and it was the forgiveness of sins of the world, all right? So when it comes to our relationships, we need to remember this. Um, if it is possible, all right, the Apostle Paul said these words to us. If it is possible, as much as, it, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And that's where we started this series, with that, with that verse right there. If it is possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we determine that it's not possible because I don't want it to be possible. And sometimes we just need, we just need to be cautious in our lives because sometimes it's possible, sometimes it isn't possible. And that sounds, you're like, wow, that's pretty profound, Joel. You're really good this morning, right? But I want us to be reminded of that. Because we need to be reminded of that in our lives. Some people bend over backwards, breaking their life for a relationship that is broken and is not going to be healed, trying to do everything they can. Other people, sometimes we just we can give up too far, far too easy. So we need to remember, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Paul went on to say, and this is where we started this series as well, Paul went on to say this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of our minds. If we want to do this relationship thing well, if we want to get it right with those that are around us in relationships, sometimes we need to be in the process. I shouldn't say sometimes. We always need to be in the process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Right? There are a lot of self-help books out there. As a matter of fact, if you want to go to the bookstore, you can do that. If you want to just go on Amazon, you can do that. We can find all sorts of self-help books. Nothing wrong with them. But when we talk about forgiveness and when we talk about changed life, when we use our Bi the Bible as the example of what we're talking about here, the Word of God as the example, what we are trying to do is this idea right here. We are trying to be transformed. We are talking about a transformation in our minds, not just a change of behavior, not just behavior modification in our lives, but rather the transformation by the renewing of our minds. Paul was, Paul was able to talk about that in Romans chapter 12 to us. 
And that even throughout the remainder of that passage, it gives us instruction how we go about renewing our minds. Because then we will be able to test and approve and see what God's perfect will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All of that, that was week one. Week two, all right, when we got to there, it's on our part, right? James talked about where do these wars and where do our quarrels, where do these problems come from? They come from within us. Why? Because we don't get what we want. We struggle and, we, and, we, and we're so incapable of getting exactly my way all the time. The quarrels and the fights, they come from within us. And James told us we need to own that. We need to own our part. When it comes to relationships and when it comes to problems within relationships, we need to be willing to step up and own our part. Sometimes our part might only be a small part, right? We talked about that in week two. Yours might only be 10%. We need to own it. And sometimes it stinks because sometimes that other person doesn't own their percentage while you're owning yours. And it leaves you frustrated. But when it comes to relationships, we need to own up to what that part is that we have. And probably more often than not, our part is more than we actually think that it is. Because we're really good, all right? Let me rephrase. I'm really good, and I think people in general are really good at excusing ourselves a lot of times, all right? And letting others, uh, and, and blaming others more severely. So we need to be cautious in that. And that's part of the challenge for each one of us. We need to look, be willing to look at ourselves, honestly. Right? Take that honest look in the mirror. Rule number three, we need to be individuals who are willing to apologize. And when we talk about this apology, it's not just that, sorry, I bumped into you today, all right? I, I didn't mean to do that. It wasn't that, sorry, I made a mistake, but rather it's that, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm, a, I'm a sinful individual and I struggle. We, we need to be cautious with that, right? It, it, it can be so hard at times. So apologize. We need to be individuals who are willing to go out. Think of the words of David, right? David went to God and said, have mercy on me, O oh God, a sinner. If those words can't serve as a comfort to you, think about what David had done, right? David had committed adultery. He had the other person murdered, right? The, the, the husband, the, the other husband in who murdered, all right? And went on living as if he was perfectly fine. And when challenged on it, he was the one that was willing to go forward. <laughs> Tell me who it is. We'll go get him. David, it's you. And David was broken. So if you think your sin is too great to be forgiven, be reminded. God is in the business of forgiving sins. All right? We need to be individuals who can go and we can apologize and own up to what we did wrong as well. Finally, number four, um, gently confront. We need to be individuals who are willing and able to gently confront those around us. Sometimes, right, we just want to go pound them. Right? Isn't that what we want to do? We caught you in doing something wrong, and let me help you out. I am really good at pointing that out to you, and I will do it really in a good manner that makes you aware that you did it wrong, right? We can do that in life, but we're not called to do that. We're called to be individuals who go and gently confront those around us. And then finally, rule number five that we are going to look at today is this idea of forgiveness. Are we willing, are we individuals who can forgive. And if you're about to doze off because I've already gone longer than dawn, I just want you to know, yeah, there you go. If you're about to doze, doze off, catch these words right here. Uh, all right. And then you can go to sleep. No, don't go to sleep anyway. Um, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, all right, and that means you have put your trust in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. All right? Do you know that your sins, your past sins are forgiven? But not only are your past sins forgiven through the death of Jesus Christ, your future sins are already forgiven. 
How many of you are going to live perfect from this day forward? We may try, right? There's three of us. We're going to try. No, right? Yeah, we, we don't do that. Do you know that our, our future sins are already forgiven? So as forgiven people, forgiven people ought to be the most forgiving people. And yet sometimes we as Christians, instead, we can be very critical people, right? We can be very unforgiving people. Why? Because we look around and we see what's wrong. You know what? I know that's wrong. You shouldn't. And we can be the individuals that really fall short of being full of forgiveness in our life. So I just want each one of us, uh, each one of you to know, and, and this is for each one of us here, that we have been, if you are a follower, you have been forgiven. Therefore, let's be individuals who are able to forgive. So this morning, we're going to take a look at a passage in Matthew chapter 18. In this passage in Matthew chapter 18, I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, you can bring that up. And I like to pick on those of you that are not iPhone users. So if you're not an iPhone user, you can pull off your off-brand device, and you can bring up your U version as well, all right? Or whatever, whatever version of your online Bible app that you use, all right? You can use that, or you can look right up here on the screen. We'll have it up here as well. Um, but we're going to look at a passage. We're going to look at a parable. And as a matter of fact, it, you can talk to unbelievers. Some unbelievers know Matthew 18. Matthew 18, Matthew 18. They'll claim that. And when they say that, what are they referring to? They're referring to this idea that a little bit earlier, just the passage earlier from what we are looking at this morning, talks about if your brother offends you, it talks about going to him and talking to him about it. Not going to the community and talking to everybody else about it. That's what we are frequently good at, all right? But instead, we are to go to the brother who has offended you, and we are to talk to him. And this parable that we are going to look at that talks about forgiveness this morning is following on that. And I want you to know as we look at this parable, a couple of things about parables. Jesus is going to tell this story, and Jesus was an expert storyteller. And when he spoke in parables, he spoke in them to, he used them to make a point to the congregation, to the people that were out there listening to him. Sometimes his parables were clear, and everybody understood what he was saying. Sometimes his parables weren't so clear, and he would wait, and he would go back, and he would explain them to his disciples afterwards. Sometimes when Jesus used a parable, it was because the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, one of them, they may have come up, and they were trying to trip him up in his words. They were trying to trick him, and his parables might be in a response to what they said to confuse them and to trick them, and normally they would get sat down. I, actually, I should say the score on that was, yeah, let me think. Jesus was undefeated. They never got him. All right, so there you go. Um, Jesus had taken care of that issue with them. But right here, this one here is going to be one where the meaning is understood by all. All right, when they heard it, they understood it. All right, and it's not that Jesus is somebody is trying to be tripped up, but rather it's Peter, one of his disciples, asking him an honest question. All right, he's asking an honest question. He wants to know. He is looking for an answer in this, all right? How is it that we go about forgiveness? And Peter asked the question. Then he came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. You see, in that day, in, in their time, all right, living a good Jewish life, there were rules for everything. And there were rules also for how often do you forgive somebody? Right? If my friend comes and keeps sinning against me, do I just have to keep forgiving him forever or do I just keep track, right? Pull out your pen. Right? And I look around at everybody and I start checking off. And once you get to number seven, close the book. Done with you. Quit bothering me. I don't even have to forgive you anymore, right? Um, that's what Peter's wondering. How often do we do this? What do we have to do? 
And Jesus is going to respond, and he gives them this sort of a response here. And Jesus is so good. And what I want you to understand, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this parable, and you know where it goes. If you've not grown up in church, that's fine. You're going to hear this parable as those that heard it in the first century heard it. It was new to them. But I want each one of us, as we look at this, as we go through this parable today, I want us to think about this as individuals that were there where Christ was speaking it to them. They heard it for the first time. The idea was, how do I go about forgiveness? And for our lives, if there isn't somebody that you need to forgive right now, I assure you there will be a time when you do. And if you are in the midst of a time right now where you need to be the person seeking forgiveness, all right, you can understand. Why? Because every one of us are in relationships. Every one of us knows that some of our greatest joy in life comes from relationship. Some of, every one of us in here, we know that some of the greatest heartache, some of the greatest difficulty is a result of relationships, right? So we can learn. And Jesus speaks to Peter after asking that question, and Jesus answered him, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And if you were familiar with this passage, um, even there's, there's the idea probably more is that it's 70 times seven. And not that the number was important. Is it 77 or is it 490? Quick math, right? There you go. Um, but it, we weren't certain whether it's time. So Peter's there, well, do I have to do it 77, 400? The idea wasn't that we're keeping track. The idea is that if you're keeping track, it probably isn't forgiveness that you're giving, Right? If I'm keeping track of how many times I've forgiven you, I probably haven't forgiven you for real. So we need to be cautious in that aspect of our life. And Jesus answered him, and when he tells him this, but 77 times, and then he's going to go on and he's going to give this parable and he's going to tell this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, and he wants them to know that this is what it is like. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As, as, as he began, all right, as he began to, uh, to the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was, I do, all right, a few more than the first service. What's wrong with the rest of you? You don't like gold? I mean, we just mentioned gold bouillon. Look, you can fill up the, the, the um, baby bottles back there. Gold, right there you go. Um, 10,000 bags of gold, so it's a lot. He has a debt that is insurmountable that is going to take him a lifetime to repay, right? And just can't do it. So, so, as, this, so as this gentleman is collecting, he goes to him. And since he was not able to pay, right? Since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. That would have been common for that time. That is the way that they would have taken care of that, right? We are going to pay for this debt, and it's you, your wife, your children. You're going to be sold, and you're going to be slaves, and that's how we're going to get this debt back from you. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus has given us a story, and remember, this story is going back. It's not about money. It's about forgiveness, all right? So as he offers this right here, he has a debt that he canceled, and he let him go. But when that servant, all right, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. Maybe the rest of you, some of us wanted the gold. We wanted all the gold bags. Maybe the rest of you, you just want the silver coins. We're good with that. You guys can have that, all right? He grabbed him and, be and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant uh, fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, 
and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants, right, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked, excuse me, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had in you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay him back all that he owed. And check this last verse right here as we take a look at this, as he closes this parable. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. Catch that final passage. Right? Forgiveness can be such a difficult thing at times, right? And right there is a challenge to us. Remember that passage, it's not about the gold. It's not about the silver. It's about the response. It is about forgiveness. Peter asked the question, how, uh, question, how many times should we forgive? This is the example that Jesus gives him. When it comes to forgiveness and when it comes to you and I offering forgiveness, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. If you have been forgiven, what should we be? Forgiving people. And Jesus uses this parable because he wants to make a point to every person there. They could all see that the one man is wrong. He was forgiven of so much, and yet he went out and he, he had no grace for the person who owed him so little. How does that happen? How does that happen in our lives? It happens in our lives because sometimes we fail to realize the weight, the depth of our sin, right? And we feel the weight, the depth of the other's that hurt us. That's our humanness, right? That's our human nature. Is that right there? They hurt me, but I, I understand my intentions. My intentions weren't bad. So we can so oftentimes be easy on ourselves and hard on others, and we need to be cautious with that. There are others of you that you're harder on yourselves, and we need to walk through this as well, and we need to be cautious there as well. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a look at what is forgiveness, right? Because we are here with this idea. The parable is talking about forgiveness. What can we learn? What can we know? What can we understand about forgiveness? Well, let's start with what forgiveness isn't. All right, let's just take a look at what forgiveness isn't. And forgiveness is not a feeling, all right? If we get stuck in this sense right here that I don't feel like forgiving, well then, write down the date on your calendar, right? You guys liked that, um, I'm sure your off-brand device has a calendar in there. You can put a little reminder in there for you, okay, to keep track of that. Yes, I am an advertisement for Apple, apparently. No, really not. But um, you can put a little reminder in there. Next Friday, is that when you want to forgive? Maybe it's next month. Maybe it's a year from now. Maybe it's five years from now. Maybe it's never. You see, if we wait till we feel like it, we may never forgive. And that's only poison to ourselves. We poison into our own lives when we do that, and we don't want to do that. You see, God has commanded us to forgive in this parable as well. And so we need to remember, forgiveness is not a feeling. Luke twenty two forty two, right there, that, that passage of Scripture that I've written up there, it's actually when Christ is going into the Garden of Gethsemane. It's, uh, following, it's following the, the, last, uh, the last supper that he's had with his disciples. It is just prior to him being turned over and fake trial, beaten, 
crucified, right? But he's in the garden and he is praying. And when he prays, he says, Lord, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, if possible, Lord, let this cup pass from me. What's he saying right there? He doesn't feel, he doesn't feel all warm and fuzzy about going through a mock trial, being beaten, being crucified. Why? Because he is the God-man, and he has human feelings as well as he's there, right? He is the God-man and does not feel like he wants to do that. But what does he know? He goes on to say, but not my will, but your will be done. Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians, he told them, that our mind should be like that of Christ, who in very nature being God did not view equality with God as something to be grasped, but rather took on the form of a human. And what did he do? Not only took on the form of a human, but he humbled himself to the death, death on a cross. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. You see, the price of forgiveness for God, the price of forgiveness that cost Jesus Christ his life was a very high price. So if we are waiting for feelings... Those feelings may never come. What else? Forgiveness is not forgiveness is not forgetting. Sometimes people, when they're seeking forgiveness, they just want you to forget everything that's ever happened. Right? I keep borrowing my friend Brian's equipment all the time. Right? And when I borrow all of his stuff, I never give it back to him and keep it to him. At some point, Brian's going to say, Joel, you can't borrow my stuff anymore. I don't mind that you have it. I don't, it's nice of you to store it for me, right? It's nice of me. And I don't even charge him a fee when I store it for him. Isn't that nice? But at some point, he's going to say, no, you, you can't borrow it. You keep breaking it. You can't borrow my stuff anymore. You see, sometimes we think that it's, uh, my forgiveness means that you need to forget everything that I have ever done. That's not the case. Forgetting doesn't, it doesn't happen. There are times we'd like to be able to forget but we can't. You know that it haunts you sometimes. It works in your mind. It eats away at you. But we still need to forgive. Forgiveness is not excusing, right? It's not an excuse either. Once, once we're done, oh, well, forgiveness means everything is excused. It's taken away. The problems are all wiped away. It's not excusing either. You see, in forgiveness, there sometimes is a cost, right? If forgiveness was not excusing, Christ didn't need, excuse me, if, if we could just excuse everything, Christ didn't need to go to the cross. He didn't need to go to the cross. He didn't need to die on the cross. God just excuse everybody's sin, a holy God, and we're all good. It's not what happened. So we need to be cautious when it comes to forgiveness, all right? Not a feeling, not forgetting, just not excusing. But what is forgiveness? What are three aspects of forgiveness? And by no means do I mean these are all inclusive or anything like that, but right here are three aspects of forgiveness that we need to, that we need to work on in our lives, all right? Number one, I will not bring the matter up to you. When somebody comes and seeks forgiveness, it means, to me, it means to me that if I am going to accept their forgiveness, which is what I need to do, all right, because I am a follower of Jesus Christ and forgiven people are forgiving people, all right, it means that I won't bring that matter back up to you. What do we like to do sometimes in relationships? We like to hold the wrong that somebody else did in our back pocket, and I will slap that out on the table whenever I need to, right? I can bring that out, and I can bring it back up, and I can throw it down in your face, say, but do you remember that time you did this 15 years ago on June 27th, right? Oh, my goodness, right? We, we pull that right out. 
You need to be cautious. You see, forgiveness, when I forgive somebody, it means I'm not bringing the matter back up to you. It means this, I will not bring the matter up to others either. I am not going to talk to others about the matter. You see, we are really good when somebody sins against me. I am very good at going and talking to other people about it. We shouldn't do that unless it's people that are trying to help us solve the issue, all right? But once somebody, once forgiveness is is sought, see, that's great. All right, once forgiveness is sought and once forgiveness is given, we need to be individuals who realize that this matter is done. We're not going to talk about it with others. And then finally, I will not bring the matter up to myself. What do I mean by that? That goes back to that idea of forgetting. You see, we can't always forget what happened to us, right? You can't. There are, there are things, there are wrongs that have been done to you that are there in your mind. But what can I do? I can make sure that I am not continually rehashing that in my mind, reliving that in my mind. Remember that verse? By the renewing of our mind, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We either believe that God is capable of doing that or we don't. And you see, God is capable of renewing your mind. And some of the pain, I, I don't understand how people get through it. And yet there are individuals out there that proclaim the grace of God that have been through far worse than I have ever been, and they are able to renew their mind through the grace of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is capable, and that is a shout, that is a praise of glory to him. Why? Because he is able to do that in our lives. I will not continue to rehash the matter in my own life. Now, all of these, I want you to remember this. Sometimes we can get very legalistic in our life about this. Well, you can never bring it up again. We go to counseling. And sometimes we have to rehash some of these matters in counseling in order for healing to occur, correct? Sometimes, sometimes we need to take these matters to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Why? Because we need help down here. And sometimes there's legal aspects, legal recourse that needs to be taken, right? So be cautious. Don't be legalistic in these matters right there, but understand that in your current life, in the way that you normally live, normal life, it means that I have forgiven them. It means that I am not going to continue to talk about that person at work. They have sought forgiveness. I'm not going to continue to say, well, they did this to me 10 years ago, remember? They did this to me five weeks ago, right? No, I'm done with that. They've sought forgiveness. They've sought to make it right with you. I will keep the matter from bringing it, I will keep from bringing the matter up to others. Well, what is forgiveness? All right. So we look at what is forgiveness, but what about consequences? Does forgiveness remove consequences? And the answer to that is, all right, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? Sometimes there are consequences that uh, they're overlooked. Think about it. Mom and dad, you overlook a multitude of sins from your children. We do. All right. Children, think about this. You overlook and forgive mom and dad for a multitude of sins that they may do. Sometimes we want to hold them and we want to begrudge mom and dad. We want to begrudge our kids or something like that. We want to begrudge our friends, our siblings, whatever the case may be. No. So sometimes the consequences we do over. About six years ago, I believe the year was 2015 because I think the others happened in 2014. But back in 2014 in the spring, in our area right here, there were two, um, two, two rather substantial um, events that took place. In uh, Johnson City, there was, uh, there, was a, there was a murder of one of our police officers, D.W. Smith. All right, um, and I, I remember going to uh, his funeral, standing uh, standing standing there at that at, at the at that, and a little bit later that year there was a there was a New York State trooper um, Skinner Trooper Skinner who was killed on um, I, I think it was going up 81, uh, maybe 88 I can't remember now but uh, anyway, his his funeral was hosted at First Baptist Church in Johnson City where I worked at that time, and uh, as a result of that I was able to be a part well, let me rephrase not a part but I was part of the host of what was coming in there that that day. And, 
and just, just amazed by the overwhelming aspect of uh, just the love that is poured out and the support. But if, but if you recall at that time, um, police officers and state troopers were not treated the way that we would think, or at least the way I certainly think they should be treated. Uh, I think it was the spring of 2015, and these, these memories are still in my mind there. I get pulled over going down 81 for going to speed limit. Can you imagine getting pulled over for going to speed limit? You guys laugh. I was. I was going to speed limit plus. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, I'm pulled over, and, and these, things are, these things are on my mind, so I, I make sure when, I, when I'm pulled over, it's not like I... Wow, I'm surprised. I didn't realize it was going that fast, right? <laughs> All right, but I pull over as far as I can, and the trooper comes up and gets my information. He actually comes up to my passenger side, um, which, believe me, I was actually happy with because here I am. I'm the knucklehead that's caused this poor gentleman to have to get out on a busy highway. Um, and while certainly in my mind is going through there, I'm sure there's other criminals someplace this Saturday morning that you could get, right? But no, um, he, he pulled me over, so he comes back up and he gives me my ticket. And as he's getting ready to walk away, um, I, I, I'm looking back over here and I say, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you do. And in, and in making that statement, he, he left and I'm like, oh no, he thought I was being smart, right? I'm like, I, I wasn't being smart. I was sincere. I, I meant it. Um, I, I'm the knucklehead that's making him get out here on the highway. Um, and I'm like, oh, shoot. So anyway, I, I get my, whatever it is, um, it's Pennsylvania. I'm not headed all the way back down there for, uh, to, to turn in my, to, to go and fight this or anything like that. Or even, I, I just write my check. I, I was doing what he said I was doing. Write my check and I send it down there. Don't you know, on the very, it was either the very day or the next day that I send this, all right, that I send this. We receive in the mail something along the lines, I can't remember the exact wording of it, something in the mail that says that my ticket has been canceled. So guess what? Sometimes the consequences are removed, all right? What was, what was the result? Is it a sin against God? I know that's an argument some of you have, but it was certainly a sin against the state, right? I had broken the law as to what I was to do, and my consequence was a fine. What was released the consequences of that were released. Just as a little side note, I talked to some state troopers up here that are my friends, and I said, we can't do that. Like, they're there, like, that's really hard to do. So how, how he was able to do that, I don't know, because normally it can look bad for them. Maybe, like, they're trying to help somebody that they know or something. I, I don't understand all that. But uh, that's what happened. I was released of the consequences. You see, but that's not always the case. Forgiveness does not always mean that you're released from the consequences. Sometimes it means that your relationship is broken and it's not going to be healed. Some of you know that. That's why, right? That's why we have exes in the room. Sometimes our relationships are broken. And sometimes we've done what we could do as much as was possible within us in that relationship with your child or with your parents. That sibling, that friend, it's broken. And we're there like, what do we do? How do we get through this? See, unfortunately, with our sins, sometimes there are consequences. But can I remind you of this? That the forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ cleanses you of the penalty of that. Cleanses you from the judicial standing and that with God, you are right. Remember that part I said earlier? You are forgiven of all your past sins. You are forgiven of your future sins through the death of burial, and resurrection of our, Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing about forgiveness. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, could there be consequences? Yes, but there are not eternal consequences for us. We are forgiven. 
And then finally, the last part of this is, what if I can't forgive? Right? Sometimes that's what I do, what it is, right? I feel like I can't forgive. We have that in our lives. I feel like I cannot forgive them. They have taken, they have stolen this part of my life from me, whatever it may be. How do we respond to that? And this is difficult. I don't want any of us to think this is easy, but it's difficult. What do we need to do when we feel like we can't forgive? We need to remember this. Forgiveness is a command. It's not that we're offered that, hey, it's a good idea for you to forgive, but rather we are to forgive as we were forgiven, right? That's the idea there. We are to forgive as we are forgiven. It is a command. The penalty of not forgiving is severe. Remember what it said there in verse 35? This is how your heavenly father will treat you if you can't forgive. Is that what we want? We don't want that. It's difficult. The other thing we need to ask ourselves is our, is our standard higher than God's. This goes back to that idea of sometimes my sin isn't that great, but your sin is really great, right? It goes back to that idea that we need to realize, is my standard higher than God's? God is capable of forgiving me time and time and time again. And can I tell you something? I am really good at sinning. I don't know about others of you, but I'm really good at not loving the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength every single day. And he calls us to do that. I'm really good at being a sinner. Why? Because I come by it naturally, but that's not an excuse, and I can't use that as an excuse. I need to be careful. My standard can't be higher than God's. I am forgiven. I need to be really good at forgiving. And then finally, if this is an area that you struggle with, I just find it so hard to forgive that person. This morning, we are closing out our series by partaking of the Lord's table. I encourage you to supper. And we're going to celebrate communion together here in just a minute. And I would encourage you if you came in with this little package, this is something that we do as believers. If you are new here, we do this as believers as a way of remembering what our Savior has done for us, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, who was one of the writers of the New Testament, commanded us to do this. He told us that we should do this. All right. And we do it in remembrance of our Lord and Savior. So I'd encourage you to grab onto this if you have that. And on the very top, some of you have already done it and that is a good thing, but there is a little cellophane thing and there is a little, uh, I don't know what this little disc is. Styrofoam. We're pretty sure it's biodegradable though. All right? But we, I, I want you to pull that out because when it comes to forgiveness, we want to be people who are about offering forgiveness to those that we struggle with. Why? Because we want to be reminded to look to the cross. Because you were offered forgiveness at the cross. At the cross, each one of us were offered forgiveness prior to ever asking for it, prior to ever having done anything to deserve it because you can't deserve it, but we have a Savior who offered us forgiveness. And you see, we, we use this as an illustration because this right here is an illustration of the body. Because on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus sat with his disciples. And as he sat with his disciples, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said to them, this is my body. 
which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And that is what we do this morning in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, the body that he was broken. Let's eat. In the same manner, after they had eaten the bread, he took the cup. And he took the cup with those disciples that were there with him. And let me just remind you of the disciples that were there with him. In just a few short hours, all of them would flee, would run away from him. Just in a few short minutes, probably, one of them would leave to betray them, but to betray him. And yet, he took the cup, and he said, this cup represents my blood, which was spilled for you. Drink it in remembrance of me. And that is what we do this morning as well. We drink in remembrance of a Savior who died on the cross, gave his blood for us, for our sins. We are told that we are to do this in remembrance of him. Why? Because we can become individuals who forgive. We can forget that we are forgiven. And we need to be reminded that sometimes, not sometimes, but always, we need to look to the cross. Why? Because forgiven people need to be forgiving people. So I would encourage you this morning as we close this series out about the rules of engagement, I would encourage you, don't just use, view this as something that we made it through as a church together and now we're on the other side, but rather I'd encourage you, make sure you grab onto the magnet, put it at home. Why? Because we each need help in our relationships. We need reminders that we need to be people who realize that we that it is not about winning, but it is about pleasing God. We need to be reminded in our lives that we need to own our part, that we need to apologize, that we need to be gentle in how we confront, and we need to be individuals who are willing to forgive as we have been forgiven. Hey, it has been a pleasure to go through this series with you. Thank you to each one of you, and may our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grow, and may our relationships with those around us in our lives, may we be willing to take the step to restore what needs to be restored. And may we be willing to be individuals who say, God, thank you for giving me the grace to continue on in those instances where it was not possible. Pray with me if you would, please. God, we close our time this morning and we say thank you to you because you are a great and holy God But God, not only are you great and holy, you are personal and loving, and you give us, Lord, your love and your grace in abundance, and we say thank you for that. And Lord, may we be reminded as individuals that we are forgiven, so may we be those who forgive those around us. And God, I ask that you may do abundantly more than we ask, imagine, or think through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the relationships that we have with those that are around us 
And Lord, may we be individuals who we want to praise you because you are worthy of our praise. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us?